Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. They got the flag. I like that. He works for Santa. So, knock it off. Be good. You were a little chunky, just like him. But you were cute. I'm so freaking cute. My God. The electric bell. Your father would kill me. I'm being nitpicky, but I can see the net. And I, and I don't like that, so. It's unfortunate because everybody's all dressed up and this one's unfinished, so. It's awful. High five. She can potty. That's a potty girl. It's real snow. Look at it. It's a winter squall. Oh, it's off. Oh, it's bubbles. That was soap. Not okay. Not okay. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. Happy Survivor Finale Day Woo! to all who celebrate. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey Ayo! And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Tess, you moved on me, and it really threw me off. What, my head towards the ceiling? Well, no, it's uh, oh, did your I position. Move? Oh, moved. I did move yeah. slightly <laughs> to the left. Yes, yeah, so yeah. let me feel this pole. Yeah, you're right. Sorry about that. Anyway, hello. Let me feel Hi. this pole. Shout out to the stream team joining us live. If you couldn't tell, we're live uh, here on YouTube. <laughs> Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe on our way to 100,000 subs. And hello to the podcast listeners as well. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. That's all we ask. For Christmas this year, a five-star rating and review. And real snow, not soap bubbles. I think that's why I was off. Mm. <laughs> Down here in the south, when we think about snow, we often just go get snow bubbles. Have you ever been somewhere? Down here, Down here, we don't get any snow. If you want to go to the, an event... They blow yeah. out soap bubbles yeah, instead of actually having snow. <laughs> it looks true. cool. It looks great. It looked real. It looked like a squall. It does look so good. <laughs> You're going to get some real snow. Hopefully, knock Hopefully. on wood. Yeah. You're heading home to uh, the Great White North here soon. Yeah, it's actually warm up there. It's <laughs> uh, not happening. Global warming. Oh, well. Trey going to Illinois. Maybe yeah, it's looks happening. Looks like we got a couple of little flurries in the forecast oh, here. I'd love to see. Ooh, even on Monday? To see a flake oh. on Christmas? Ooh. Come on. Come on. Fingies crossed. Can you bring me some back? I'll bring you one flake. (laughs) (laughs) One big flake. I ain't going anywhere. Uh, All right. Also, later today uh, on this show, we're going to hit the beach. So no snow there. We'll be answering your questions that you guys tweeted in and emailed in and even left uh, on YouTube. But, wow, what a TNT doubleheader last night. They knocked this one out of the park. These were incredible games. We start with John Morant hitting a buzzer beater to lift his Grizzlies in his first game back after the 25-game suspension, he just took over, and he ended it at the buzzer. What a shot in traffic on one of the best perimeter defenders in the league in Herb Jones. I know Dyson Daniels was uh, shading over as well. What a game. What a storybook, um, I was going to say ending, but return for Ja. Yeah, when they talked about it pregame, the week leading up to it, head coach Taylor Jenkins was asked, is he starting? Is he starting? He said, yeah, (laughs) this guy practices so hard he is ready. But he didn't look incredible in the first half, even though he went hard to the rim in his couple stints in the first and second quarter. But the Pels were rolling. That run where C.J. McCollum was the guy making John Morant dance. He actually dribbled left, right, left, right on on John Morant in that second quarter, hitting five threes in that first half where they went on that incredible run, a 28-2 run. It looked like it was over, but shout out to the Grizzlies bench who really made this happen because it was a wide open game until the fourth quarter, but Xavier Tillman banging a three, Zaire Williams scoring at the rim in the fourth quarter, and then Desmond Bain hitting a mile of a shot that was like Really, really, really far away. But when John Morant came back after all that support uh, and he scored 14 in that fourth quarter, um, he's just, you literally just watch one of the most athletic players in the game, the way he was able to just get to the rim. And uh, that last shot, 
too much one-on-one-ish. Uh, maybe Herb Jones could have used a little bit of help there, uh, but he just went right at him and was able to just hang in the air. So, yes, storybook. Storybook ending there for John Moran. 34 points, 8 assists, 6 boards, a steal, and a block in 35 minutes of action, including that game-winning sort of layup, floater, whatever you want to call it, TK at the buzzer to give them the win. In a huge comeback. I mean, this game looked like it was going to be over. Yeah. Sort of when that was a 30-5 to run, 28-2 to run, whatever you want to call the run. It looked like it was getting out of hand. And the Grizzlies sort of hung around, got contributions from a lot of these guys, and then the John Morant just takeover. Yeah, Brandon Ingram was cooking uh, yeah. for a while, but then the ball didn't find him, I feel like, the last couple of minutes uh, for the Pelicans. And Herb was roasted. Completely. I mean, he got taken off the dribble twice before that last play with Ja Morant, and then I can't believe that he actually let him get into the lane again. Ja didn't make a shot outside of eight feet right, last night. Right. He was trying to get to the rim to shoot <laughs> layups, which was working, uh, and he got, I guess, a layup, maybe a float or whatever you want to call it. Good shot uh, by Ja Morant, but pretty weird to see nobody helping at the rim. That was just... Uh, Nonsense, I thought. But <laughs> the Pelicans, it was scripted is what was happening. So, uh, <laughs> Willie Green said, there's no way we can put a big guy out there. It'd be too much challenge at the rim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just see the difference in this team, though. The pressure that John Morant puts on a defense. And just like, and his playmaking as well. I mean, he had a couple. I think that there was times in this game where the Grizzlies forgot how to play with John Morant. To be ready for the ball, there was a couple that, like... You know, zipped out of guys' hands. They maybe weren't ready for it um, because he's just, yeah, he's so athletic. He's one of the most athletic guys in the league. He had those two and ones that really got the Grizzlies back in the game there in the third quarter. Uh, it was in short succession there. And uh, I also like the defense he played at the end there. I wrote in my notes two minutes left. Pelicans up two. I mean, they're still in control here. They got the ball. Ingram tried to throw like a sort of an entry pass to JV who was down by the rim, he tried to lob it over everyone. I think it was going to get there, but John Morant has the hops, snuffs it out, sniffs it out, and then manages to keep the ball to the Grizzlies because he whipped it off Zion's leg, and they got that possession. And that was a that was a big one, him playing defense there. And this was in a game where, like, he's huffing and puffing. He's like, oh, my God, i got to get the oxygen because, you know, you're playing at the that NBA speed. I don't care how athletic you are. If you haven't done it in eight months, it's going to be a shock to the system. And it's totally true that he couldn't hit a shot outside the lane because he hasn't played a game in eight months. He just needed to get in the lane more and more. And uh, maybe this thing was scripted. It did feel a little, <laughs> uh, a, a tiny bit scripted in, in that Herb Jones was guarding him. And even the help that was coming from behind in Dyson Daniels, he could have maybe blocked it. He didn't. Yeah, I know. That's, that's why maybe I thought this was well-written in that he had five, <laughs> yeah. five points in the first half. It's not like he was smoking hot in the first half, no. but because he hadn't played in a long time uh, and, and started getting warm in the third quarter. And it was a double-digit lo- uh, double digit deficit that to overcome in the fourth quarter even. Uh, but this is just a good sign for the Grizzlies that they have the absolute worst offense in the league. And then this guy comes back. Yep. And it's going to be like it has been the last few years, really. It was uh, so well scripted they had two endings to run with. Because there was going to be the one where he didn't call a timeout. Or the Grizzlies, excuse me, didn't call a timeout. Because uh, Jaw had the ball. He was ready to go in transition. He was maybe going to throw it ahead. Maybe he was just going to take it. No, timeout. Okay, we'll just still give the ball to John Morant in the backcourt. And he ran back to where he, they called exactly. the timeout anyways. Yeah, exactly. He was like, well, we, we scripted it so well. Don't botch this. Like, just give me the ball there. And then, yeah, he... Uh, Took him in isolation, sort of help come, but not great help, and yeah, got it to drop. But it was cool. It was an awesome moment. It's neat that for months the conversation around this guy's been all about him in court cases and the disciplinary issues and you know what all the suspensions, of course, and all these extracurricular stuff. And it was nice to be reminded when he does play. Oh yeah, this guy is one of the faces of the league because of how talented he is. Yeah, uh, that was a. It, you couldn't have scripted it literally any better than that, I guess, unless you were going to have them playing at home in Memphis so that everybody was yeah, going insane yeah. when he uh, <laughs> finally made that shot. C.J. McCollum, a couple of the worst misses you'll see oh. uh, from C.J. McCollum. He had a wide open, or I don't know if it was open, a bad shot. Minute 45 left. It was a screen. It kind of felt like I need to take a shot here because Ingram has been uh, monopolizing the ball so far. Bad air ball. Then he had a wide open look with 12 seconds left. Didn't hit the rim on the brick. That was pretty bad. But it just kept going to Brandon Ingram time and time again. Yeah. He was getting some great shots. But Xavier Tillman, I thought, was pretty solid uh, defensively uh, in this one as well. There was a time when uh, Ingram definitely hit some fadeaways over him, but he also stood him up on one drive, and then he had a big uh, rebound to help uh, there after, I guess, the CJ miss. Um, so a nice win uh, for the Grizzlies, but 
Uh, the Pelicans, I think, got to be kicking themselves. They should have won that game. Yeah, CJ McCollum, he was either hitting threes or not even hitting the rim on his three-point attempts. There was a couple where he was, like, just to the side of the rim. You don't see that often from an yeah. NBA player, especially in a game where he was hitting a lot. And then Zion Williamson, you know, a frustrating Zion Williamson game here. He, I mean, he got in foul trouble. It affected him. 13 points in the end, 5 of 12 shooting, 3 of 4 at the line, so he wasn't there a whole lot. Uh, any thoughts on on Zion there, Tess? Well, he's, yeah, the, the entire team was disappointing in those last couple of minutes. The, the two bad shots by C.J. McCollum after having such a scorching hot game. And then Zion Williamson not being focused on whatsoever because I, I, I don't know uh, why. He, he definitely was out of the flow after those those th- third the third foul it was I guess it was in the second quarter where our uh, former colleague Chigo Robinson had to uh, g- <laughs> walk with him back into the tunnel he was so mad he was, Zion was, he was fuming. fuming mad Chico wearing a mask I'm not sure our former colleague who's wearing a mask I'm not sure what it's interesting fact to me but Zion went into the tunnel and then he he came back like he was just jumping around mad and he just wasn't he didn't have a play called for him, I don't think. <laughs> Through the first 48 minutes, he was just, you know, that secondary guy, obviously. The the, the lobs were, were there at times. Uh, but the Grizzlies also did a good job of breaking up those lobs. So it was odd to see the last couple minutes of this game uh, from the Pals. They, yeah, you're right, Trey. They needed to win that game. They just needed a couple they of baskets. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Grizzlies need it more. If they're going to get back in this thing, they need all of these type of victories. Uh, never in NBA history had a player returned from an absence as long as 25 games and scored as many points as John Morant did last night. That's one of the weirder stats I thought we've ever gotten. What but a pull. 34 uh, points and, and the game winner is pretty special. Anything else? from uh, Grizz Pelicans there, which was very exciting. Again, it didn't look like it was going to be in the first half. I mean, it was like, ooh. But then suddenly it was a game, like just like that. That's the NBA. You can't turn it off. Yeah, you I thought, move away. I thought it was basically because of John. The first half, he only took eight shots. In the second half, he took 16 shots. It looked like he was just trying to get in the flow and create in the first half. And then in the second half, Taylor Jenkins said, hey, no minutes limit. Just go for just it. Go. Shoot it every time. We've been waiting 25 games yeah. to, shoot, to yeah. shoot it every time. And then Ja even went further to lie in the post game and said he was going to pass it into Jaron Jackson Jr. in the post. No, no, man. I don't think you were with 10 seconds left after the rebound. Uh, at the very least, good job by the rest of the Grizzlies to say, what are you doing, man? Just take over. That's what yeah. you've been doing. Yeah, you see, I forget who said it on Twitter. It's like, you see why, like, Ja Morant is a type of player, he's the son. Everybody else goes around him. You can't have Desmond Bain or Jared Jackson Jr. as your sons. They got to be planets going around John Morant. And they had, you know, fine games with both of them. You see them when they fall more into their role. Desmond Bain was at being asked to do too much. He just was through the first 25 games without John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr. had a couple really good games here recently scoring the ball. But again, you don't want him to be the one that has to get you 40 or 35 or whatever. You want him playing defense, obviously contributing in other ways. And it's just like they get to fall in line here. And we'll see if they can make a pretty incredible run if they pull it off after starting 6-19 and 19 here, now improving to 7-19, and 19, to get back into a play-in or a playoff spot. Yeah, they're 13th in the Western Conference, so it's not a lock. I, I think if we're writing a script here, Adam Silver, let's go 1-16 through 16, East and West. Just re-rank them because we got the Warriors and the Grizzlies that are have a potential of making a, a play-in spot there, but they're going to have better records, I think, than Eastern Conference teams. Uh, anyway, the script was good. Yeah, Team Morant, uh, John Morant's papa was there as well. They're 7-19 and now. The Pelicans, a couple of years ago, were started 7-19 and in 21-22, and they made the play-in spot. That's going to be hard yeah. to do. Uh, you know, we'll get to the Warriors. Like, the Grizzly schedule now, Marcus Smart should be coming back soon. Uh, that's amazing uh, because they need some guard help but they've got some tough games they got the Pacers and then Hawks Nuggets Clippers uh, with another Pels game in there so it ain't gonna be easy to get back all right let's go to the second game on TNT last night Curry scores 33 points helps the Warriors rally and to beat the Celtics 132 126 in overtime Steph gave us the night night celebration that's become his go-to, and uh, and, and also a very entertaining game here. It looked like the Warriors were not going to win this game. It looked like the Celtics were going to keep rolling, and they get it to overtime and they win. TK, your big takeaways from this one? I loved hearing Candace Parker yell, "And there's the me!" <laughs> <laughs> After the rainbow from Yo. Steph Curry, what uh, a Trace Jackson Davis call it? The pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Poetic stuff yeah. uh, from TJD, <laughs> and that guy was incredible. 
last yep. night. Trace yep. Jackson Davis, uh, what did he finish with uh, in the end? 10 points, Here, 10 13 points, boards. 13 yep. boards, three blocks, including a huge one of Jalen Brown there cool. in overtime. Uh, I thought at halftime that this was going to end up being a blowout for the Celtics because they were in transition the entirety of the first half. Looney looked extra slow. Saric looked extra slow. So kudos to Steve Kerr for finally like realizing we got to play our athlete out there. And Trace Jackson Davis, the pressure he was putting on the rim for lobs, his athleticism and his brawn, I thought was really, really big uh, for the Warriors last night. Warriors closed things out in the fourth quarter into overtime with Curry, Clay. Chris Paul, and then Kuminga, and Trace Jackson Davis. Kuminga's defense at the end of the fourth oh. quarter was huge. You saw how hyped Steph was after he yeah. stopped Jason Tatum, who was playing through a gimpy ankle there at the end of the possession. And then TJD, like we're saying, has, was great uh, last night. Meanwhile, the Celtics, they were just kind of settling for threes. And that's when the Celtics look at their absolute worst. They went 8 for 33 from the field in the fourth quarter in overtime. They went 8 for 38 from three in second half. I saw uh, Jared Weiss said that they broke their team record for most missed threes in a game. And they were just settling. Um, So I kind of think good shooting, contagious. Bad shooting, also contagious. Yeah. I I wrote down in my notes here, to go back to what you were sort of saying about the Warriors there, we had the Splash Brothers doing their thing, Chris Paul was out there, and then the young guys. This was like, this was the vision we were sold on the Warriors, right? The young meets old. Meld them together. Blend them together. And they'll I think be, it was supposed to be wise be incredible. there, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But they got there. It may be, it may be uh, Jackson Davis, like you said, and Kuminga, and then the Splash Brothers. I mean, they combined to hit 12 threes. And Curry, he played like the final 17 minutes of this game with five fouls. Uh, and obviously hit the big ones when it mattered. Um, so you got the the old in the Splash Brothers and then the new with uh, your rookie big man there and Kuminga, especially the defense that he gave on Tatum. This was this is what they're trying to sell us on, Tess. Yeah, I was buying. I thought, well, they drafted Trace Jackson Davis, so they're comfortable trading James Wiseman. But they didn't happen at the same time. No, they they no. had already traded Wiseman, but this is Trace Jackson Davis two consecutive games where here where he's played uh, a good chunk in his rookie season. He's getting after it. Yeah, the the block of Jalen Brown in, in overtime was humongous. Uh, he had an incredible line when it comes down to it, a plus 25 as well, uh, just because he was fantastic at being that number five spot. Now, can he do what Draymond Green does offensively? Probably not in terms of handling the ball, but Kevon Looney's got to watch for a guy who's going to eat a lot yeah. of his minutes, I imagine. Um, but, yeah, him and Kuminga, who – yeah, stopped that Tatum really nicely. Uh, he had a big block as well. Uh, so people are very excited to, to be with him. But should Steph have even been on the floor, like you said, five fouls in the third quarter there. And Steve Kerr had, had to say in the fourth quarter, you got to come back because only, you only hit one shot in the third. We need you desperately. Yeah. And he came back to play a ton. And he picked up a monstrous charge with three minutes left yeah, there yeah. on Jalen yeah, Brown yeah. as well, which – is a tiny risk, I guess. That could have been a six foul and you're done. Yep. Uh, but he hit five huge threes and he had that awesome celebration. Yeah, they, whether it's a leprechaun, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the meme. Um, <laughs> but he got to jump with Chris Ball, who set him up for that beautiful, beautiful pass. Offensive rebound, 12 assists for Chris Ball. This team only had 10 turnovers. Very strange Warriors, night. Yeah, yeah, that's very low for them. Clay Thompson appears to be Clay Thompson again over these last couple of games, too. He's averaging 26.5 points per game, shooting 51% from the field. He's a cool 23 for 46 from deep over those last four games. That's the Clay uh, we know and love. And uh, I did think it was funny. After Curry tied the game at 121, the Celtics missed four shots on that next oh. possession where they kept yeah. getting the offensive rebound. It was crazy. Derek White. He missed a three when Curry allowed like a really easy switch and Kaminga couldn't get up. White should have hit that, but he missed it. Don't worry, they get the ball back. Then Tatum took and missed that pretty contested three with Kaminga sort of right up on him. You know, he was looking for the foul. He's in my space and all that. It's not called. They get the ball again because Drew Holiday just like straight up yoinks it. Like, give me that. It gets kicked out to a wide open White. Those are the ones that always go in on your second or third offensive rebound to the guy that just already missed one. He's obviously an NBA player. He's going to knock it down. He misses again. It still finds its way to Boston. Ball gets swung around to Jalen Brown, who finally decides, okay, no more three-pointers on this one. I'm going to attack. He does. He gets right to the rim, and he sort of botches the layup. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I'll give Kaminga some credit. He sort of fought pretty hard to at least maybe get in Jalen Brown's head, but he should have hit that layup. 
And there it was. You know, they finally, the Warriors come up with the ball there. But, like, any one of those three goes, they maybe pull this out. You know, then again, maybe Claire Curry hits another three just to, to answer it. But that was wild. Well, Derek White's were both wide, wide open. open. And yeah. he made seven threes yeah. last night. He was really, really hot in the first half. He ended up taking 18, so the percentage wasn't great. But, uh, I mean, either of those shots for Derek White you're living with. And then, oh. yeah, Jalen Brown had a wide open layup. Maybe Kuminga challenged it, but if he dunks it, it goes in. Yeah, Horford did his, like, uh, classic sort of, like, like blocker screen move <laughs> yes, when Jalen attacked it. was like, again, Kuminga, like, he put, he put a little effort into it. He, like, easily could have just let him take the layup. He still should have hit it. Don't get me wrong, but he he tried. He tried to challenge. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it is unfortunate for Derek White. He had a lot of open shots. He's seven of eighteen. <laughs> Those numbers are ridiculous. Uh, that they shot fifty-eight threes in this game. Yeah, so many. Maybe they were listening to the broadcast. You mentioned Candace Parker earlier. <laughs> she said three is higher than two, or three is more than two, and they just kept shooting them. <laughs> and and she questioned why, why would you leave Derek White? They just continuously left him open. And that's why he was willing to take those shots. Most of the time, he's hot enough to. Yeah, him. yeah, for sure. Trace Wright. I mean, that's <laughs> great looks. Yeah, yeah. Especially that second one that Drew comes up with the ball in the paint and just gives it to him, kicks it out. He's no one's even close to him, and he still missed it. Uh, I like to to show some more love to the broadcast. I like Reggie Miller with like three or four minutes to go. Again, Celtics still up. He pointed out Boston messing with fire here. They're letting Golden State hang around. Reggie saw it. He saw the writing on the wall. It's like they should have put this game away, and they haven't. And you know this team does have Curry and Clay, and he was right in the end. They got a big, big victory. Any other notes on that one? What ended up happening with Brandon Pajemski? I saw he went out and he looked more so in discomfort than in a lot of yeah. pain, and then he was back on the bench during the second half. Uh, I saw he say he's going to be good going forward, but that was a pretty weird play. They just get hit in the back in a, a yeah. weird spot. Yeah, but then he was okay. obviously celebrating yeah. on the bench and all that. Hopefully he's okay because he's been really good for them. Yeah, he must be banged up. Uh, that's my my only note. Yeah, I like, huh? uh, yeah it was surprising uh, that he would play only 60 minutes in the game. It wasn't surprising that Kevon Looney only 14 minutes in the game just because of Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, just looking at the starters and the young guys and how they're going to play. Um Kevon Looney's two straight games where he's played a pretty low amount of minutes because TJD, it's a good it's a good name, I guess. Good nickname, I It's guess. a lot easier to say than his actual full yeah. name, which never Trace. comes out like all Trace. that easy. Well, I Trace like Trace, but then you got the Jackson Davis. Yeah. It's like you're saying three guys. You're like, who? <laughs> who are you talking about? He's three guys in one. He's going to eat Kevon's minutes uh, most likely. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, the Bucks, Damian Lillard scored 40 last night. He joins the 20,000-point club in a win over the Spurs. No Wemby. Giannis got a triple-double. Love this quote from Dame, though. I don't want to fake downplay it like it's nothing. I know it's a big deal. It's a great accomplishment. It's a rare space to be in. Obviously talking about the 20,000-point the club, which he uh, exploded past. He's already got 20,034 points. <laughs> uh, 51st person in NBA history. Eighth active guy to reach. 20k and he's the 17th fastest player in nba history to get to that mark too pretty impressive think he got the game ball oh god i hope so <laughs> this is more impressive to me than passing kyle korver for fifth all time yes. on the three-point <laughs> list so uh, i hope he did and i hope people will give damian lillard the all-star start he so rightfully deserves uh you know he's always been behind curry luca harden i don't know who else started games in the western conference maybe westbrook at some point um but for a long time, Damian Lillard has been third or fourth in the West, and now he's in the East. The team is good. He should probably get a start. Uh, the Bucks scored 44 points in the first quarter here. Yeah. Most of Dame's shots were pretty good looks, I would have to say, uh, to the point that the Bucks broadcaster in the first quarter said, he might get try to get another 1,000 tonight. <laughs> and it felt like that. Yeah. It was just a matter of time before he got to 40. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this game. No, absolutely not. 20,000, an achievement. Being that he's the 17th fastest, I think that means more than that he's the 51st to get to 20,000. Like that's, that's, that's quick. It, it, it is quick. And another Western Conference guy who could have started during Damian Lillard's time could be Chris Paul, maybe, uh, because he's also got to 20,000. I was going to say, quick spread. trivia with this one. All the active players with 20K, it's pretty easy. Yeah. You want to list them all? That one was the only hard one, I thought. Okay. Go ahead, then. Le- LeBron. Yes. LeBron. Curry. Yes. Durant, yes. Yeah. Harden, yes. Westbrook, yes. Anthony Davis, no. no. Nah, he's a little shy, probably. So Chris right now. Paul, you already oh, said. Chris Paul. And then one more. one more. 
That's, I thought this was the toughest one. Yeah, he's obviously there's Dame now, but there's one more. DeRozan. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. LeBron, KD, nice. Harden, Russ, Curry, Chris Paul, and Demar Derozan, and now Damian Lillard, active players with twenty thousand points. Um, final game to touch on here: the Blazers erase a twenty-two point deficit, shock the Suns, one hundred nine, one hundred four, Eaton revenge game. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this was a, a, a shocking result, I will admit. Uh, Blazers, uh, a little feisty here suddenly. And Suns, what are you doing? But uh, any thoughts on this game? I will say that DeAndre Ayton obviously was ready to play this game. The most shots he's taken this year because he's playing against his old team. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's the threes, really, that, that made this game happen. We remember Kevin Durant uh, from this weekend getting mad that Quentin Grimes was getting wide-open shots for the New York Knicks when he played them. How's that guy getting wide-open threes? He doesn't even pass. He can't even (laughs) dribble. He doesn't even take free throws. Uh, And in this game, that's exactly what happened. In the the way it just happened to get them to 50% shooting threes um, because they're too open. The Suns were just not doing a good enough job defensively. So that's where the the game was won for me uh, with with the Blazers. Although... Anthony Simons sealed it at the end. I, I liked his quote after the game. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to. Floater, um, going <laughs> off the bank. But I, yeah, yeah I, and, and at the end, I just changed it up. Uh, so, yeah, Blazers uh, knocking down the Suns. We talk about the Grizzlies and the Warriors moving up in the standings. The Suns are a team that they could literally catch yeah. uh, at some point soon, which stinks because of uh, Bradley Beal's absence. They just do not look the same. Yeah, Suns hit. Five three-pointers as a team in this game. Brogdon had four by himself off the bench for the Blazers. It's going to be tough to win games. I only hit five threes in, in today's game, but what do you think, TK? Unfortunately, that's part of the way the Suns are built. They're 22nd in three-point rate. They're 24th in makes. So a team like Portland, if they have a hot shooting night, 14 for 28. 28, kind of a low number of three-point attempts as well. Uh, But if you're plus nine from three, that's plus 27. (laughs) Just right there, and you can beat the Suns like that, and that's probably why they are three and seven in their last ten. Also not getting many good performances from anybody outside of their scorers. Uh, 66 points combined for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker last night. 38 for the rest of the team. They went 15 of 41 from the field, including Booker was not great in the second half. Four for 12 and just didn't really have it going. So, yeah, I mean, the Suns, with their injuries, you know, it's got to be Booker and it's got to be KD carrying. And obviously they can do that from time to time, but they can lose on a hot shooting night against literally anybody. I saw somebody in the stream team before we went live wondering, I guess concerned is the better word, Man, is Brogdon making the Blazers too good? Are we going to win too many games with him uh, playing the way he is right now? And, you know, you, you've, Sharp obviously injured in this one, but uh, some of these guys turning it on a little bit, finding their way. Uh-oh. Are we going to be too good? We're going to be somewhere in the middle? We want to be bad again. Um, you know, it's. I think they were half-joking, but you do wonder. We've seen this before. The Jazz come to mind, obviously. We're really hot to start last year. It's like, okay, let's trade some of these sort of like vet guys that are winning, helping us win too many games here, and <laughs> let's just sort of be bad again here for a couple of years. But we'll see. I'm sure some of these names on this team, be it Brogdon, be it Grant, will be in, in trade rumors come uh, February. Yeah, right. you would have to think so. Uh, but I will say, I liked what I saw from Scoot Henderson yeah. uh, in the first half. Yeah. He was playing downhill quite a bit. He finished with nine points and five assists. Also five turnovers. Uh-huh. Because he was playing some good defense, at least, uh, down the stretch on Devin Booker. So, I don't know. I haven't seen every Scoot game, but he kind of looked impressive uh, to me, yep. at least in the first half. And also, I was thinking that he was wearing tall socks. So he kind of looks like Walt Williams. <laughs> Play <laughs> oh, Blazers. Oh, the Wizard. <laughs> yeah, but I think they're leggings. Like, I think there is, there could be a gap, but it didn't look like it last night. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all right, those are the four games from last night. Anything yeah, else uh, Well, it was just unfortunate. Scoot is, I like how it's kind of quiet and people aren't talking about him because he had the bad start, then he got injured, and now he's had a lot of reps. He looked a lot better than a guy coming off the bench for the Phoenix Suns that I thought could have replaced Bradley Beal, Eric Gordon. Just let him roll, baby, because uh, he has shot pretty well from three-point land. But this guy's played a lot of minutes in his career. Uh, I think they should have just relied on him a little bit more, but also they should be guarding three-point shots. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're hitting the beach to answer some of your great questions, including us fixing the Christmas Day schedule. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. Let's hit the beach to answer some cues. You got the buzz. I got the rockets. You got the nuts. I got the chocolates. We got that chick chat down pat, blah, blah, blah. You got that certain special Genesis Let's go to the beach, baby. I could yeah, let's go to the beach. God, it slaps that song. First one from Craig in Harrisburg, Ontario. Writes in, hello, no dunks. What Christmas Day game should be flexed? And what teams would you replace them with? Love you guys. We love you too, Craig. Up there in Ontario. Hope you get some snow on Christmas Day in Harrisburg. I'm sure you will. That might be in the snow belt for all I know. Um, let's remind everybody of the Christmas Day schedule. Got this from uh, NBA TV on Twitter. We got the Bucks Knicks. We always got that game in Madison Square Garden. Then it's Warriors Nuggets. Then it's Celtics Lakers. Then it's Sixers Heat and Mavericks Suns. All these games, by the way, on ESPN or some of them on ABC. Mm. Is that the first year where we don't do the old uh, some on TNT and some on ESPN? Or am I crazy? <laughs> probably not. No? Yeah. Was last year My like guess this? is that that's probably always negotiated into CBAs. Maybe, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. But I was negotiating with my mom today saying, you better add ESPN <laughs> to your cable package because wow. I'm coming home on Christmas. <laughs> She doesn't have ESPN, I guess. Now. She canceled it once. You know, we got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need the sports package anymore. Don't need anymore. the NBA TV yeah. anymore. Can watch it on YouTube. Uh, okay, so let's answer Craig's uh, question here. You've seen the schedule. Is there a game you would take out, and what would you replace it with, or what would you change? I found it a little difficult to just say, hey, get rid of one of these games, because usually it's the Knicks game that's like, okay, get this out of here. It's, they're never fantastic. It's but tradition, now, baby. But, but now they're so good, and Jalen Brunson is so good, I want to see a Bucks knicks And I also want to see Denver as the second game. I want them to be there after winning a championship. I like now, that the Nuggets are at that 230 slot, because we usually get them on Christmas Day in the later games, mm-hmm. when you're maybe a little basketballed out <laughs> at times, because there are a lot of times playing in that the last slot, really, but I like that 230 there for them. It's an early wake-up, though, for the Nuggets. For them, yeah, 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 that's true. So after that, Celtics-Lakers, still good. The next one, though, Sixers-Heat, I was okay getting rid of. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd lose them for Magic Wolves. Whoa. Um, two really good teams <laughs> from either conference. Like In, in, in terms of the Sixers-Heat, you're going to get a great performance uh, from Embiid. You're going to get a great performance from Maxi. You might not get a good Heat performance. I kind of want to see the Magic and Wolves just duke it out. Great defenses. Um, obviously, some great offense with Cat and Ant on one side. But lots and lots of good players. But again, I I, I wasn't that upset. I right. wasn't that upset with the fivesome okay. that they selected in the end. <laughs> what are you doing here, TK? Yeah, I kind of feel like Tass. It's like uh, still pretty good, even though we're a month and a half into the season. It's a little too much Bucks Knicks for me. This will be the fourth time they played in the season already. They played the 23rd in Madison Square Garden. Throw on a Santa hat and convince yourself it's Christmas. You're getting the very same game. But I also love seeing a game in the garden on Mm -hmm. Christmas, so I'm fine with that. Like Looking game-wise, I kind of feel like Golden State-Denver is the least close game here. Mm -hmm. I ain't taking Steph Curry off of Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Jokic should have his game there. So maybe Dallas-Phoenix, I guess, is... Least interesting, Kyrie hasn't played in quite some time. He might still be out. Bradley Beal, I assume, will still be out. But you got Katie and Booker. <laughs> you got Luka <laughs> Doncic. So I don't know. I agree. Minnesota could have a game. Oklahoma City could have a yeah. game. Yeah. Sacramento could have a game. I don't think anybody else from the Eastern Conference really stacks up to those teams. Uh, shout out to the Magic. I know you've been surprising this year, but you need a little bit of 
team success under your belt before yeah. one surprising half of a month of a season. Um, so I'm fine with it sticking the way it is. But if you want to throw Minnesota in there at some point, I would be happy with that. Yeah, I have. I would like to see like a Wolves versus Thunder or a Wolves versus Kings. And when you guys were talking this out, I was starting to think like, would this be a cool little wrinkle for the NBA to do? And what I mean by that is to have the team that is in first place in either conference get the Christmas Day game. Like at a certain point, I know we already make this like a nightmare for these schedule makers, but that would be pretty cool and have like a little bit of juice on the line for like a team like Minnesota that at a certain point, whatever you pick the cutoff date is, because you obviously need to sell the tickets and stuff like that a week or two out in advance. But I don't know by, hey, by December 15th, if you're in first place, you get a Christmas Day game. I, that's sort of cool if you could pull it off with the schedule. But I, I just wish the Wolves were in here because they're the best team in the West right now and they're fun to watch. What do you think about that idea? Though? I insane? do. I, no, I think the schedule makers can make it happen. Yeah, I think they could. It's not that insane. It's a good sign here that we went through 10 teams playing five games that are all talent heavy at the top, and they're all just really good. That's how much talent there is in the NBA. You can go 11, 12, 13, 14 if you want to you know, flex, <laughs> do some flexings, drop one, add one on ESPN, Vu. <laughs> Um, I like saying two like that. I don't know why. Uh, but, like, yeah, just adding it to the sked. Why not? It is true. Of all the teams, the ten teams we have playing on Christmas, there's not a bad team. Like, sometimes we get... Like, the Warriors and Suns are not, like, you know, elite right now, but no one would say they're bad teams. A lot of people would still think they'll go quite far in playoff series and stuff like that. But we always, we do, from time to time, get, like, a really shitty team in the mix. Sometimes it's the Knicks, because they're always on Christmas Day. Luckily, they've been pretty good over the last couple of years, but not bad. Good stuff here. Can't wait for these games. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Who is the ideal second star to join Tyrese Halliburton on the Pacers? Or who do you think is the most likely to join the Pacers? If you were GM, how would you build the team around him I'd trade McConnell and first for Caruso and Buddy and first for OJ as well. That's Rooster making moves <laughs> to try and strengthen the Indiana Pacers. So he's trading, uh, yeah, McConnell and first for Caruso and then in a separate trade, Buddy Heald and first for OG. I think you can... Trying to get some defense in there. Makes some sense. Yeah. I don't Alongside... think trading multiple firsts for, <laughs> for both of those guys makes sense. What's that? I don't think trading multiple firsts for both of those guys makes sense. Multiple. No. Multiple. No. What, about, no. what about one for what about one for OG? Do you like OG beside Halliburton? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that would be fine. Uh, but this guy's saying trade multiple firsts for Caruso and multiple yeah. firsts for yeah. OG. He's, that would yeah. be a short-sighted move, I do believe. Yeah, <laughs> trading four first-round picks <laughs> yes. for, for some of those guys. Uh, is there a player then that you would like to see, a second star, beside Halliburton? It's tough to say. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton compared to Steve Nash a lot these days, which means he needs a Sean Marion and a Amari Stoudemire. Those are tough guys to find. Uh, so in the Marion role, OG kind of fits that. Yeah. You know, he can guard up and down both ways. He can shoot it from outside. He can run the court, though he's not necessarily like a dynamic fast break player, I don't think. And then there's some other names that probably aren't gettable uh, at all, but would be interesting. Amen Thompson. Barely plays for the Rockets. They ain't giving up on him this early, but he would look, he would be like my ideal guy to be next to Halliburton right now. Who knows if he'll ever be able to shoot threes, but uh, can guard one through five super athlete. I'd love to see that. Herb Jones, mm-hmm. big part of the Pelicans, uh, but maybe they move on from him. Dyson Daniels, I think, would be a nice fit next to Halliburton as well. Then you talk about the Stoudemire type role, Lowry Markinen, or one of the guys from Minnesota. They're having an awesome season. But eventually there's going to be a salary cap crunch for Minnesota. So could Indiana get Nas Reed or maybe even Carl Anthony Towns? Mm. I don't know. They would both look nice next to uh, Tyrese Halliburton because the Stoudemire role has changed. You can't just be a role guy in today's NBA. you got to be able to shoot from three as well. And I think Markin and Nas Reed and Towns can all do both. Right. So so if if Halliburton is Nash or Nash is Halliburton, you did the Marion and Amari route. What about going the Dirk route in the Mavericks days? <laughs> and who would that be? Maybe that's Cat. The also comparison, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that as a second star. Well, it's not happening right now. Of course not, with Minnesota being the best team in the West. But uh, it makes sense that type of guy to pair with him for sure. Yeah, Ryder Rooster did an okay job <laughs> here at, at getting Caruso and OG, but traded a better job of trying to pay, let's say, Amon Thompson. 
pay, pay a little less for Amon Thompson and Dyson Daniels rather than just give all your first picks for Caruso, who the Bulls are asking a lot for, and then the same thing for OG Ananobi. Because OG at the top of this list, plus you know somebody like like a Dyson Daniels out there will be great on this team. They need defenders is what it comes down to. And uh, OG would be a, a decent comparison to Sean Marion in that he can guard everywhere. The, yeah. the Pacers are bad defensively. They need guys who can guard everybody. And OG and it'll be at the four. Um, you know, obviously the Pascal Siakam comparisons are happening out there at the four as well over somebody like Obi Toppin, who's just struggling against every big guy in the league. Would be fantastic. Uh, that would be... Really, really great. It just it seems so right. I don't know how much Masai Ujiri is asking for in terms of picks. A lot. It seems the answer's like a it. lot. It seems for sure. like it. He's not asking for one. He's asking for very for but many. It's a rental. It's a rental. No, but I'm with you. Like if the Pacers are if they're seriously going to like push all their draft capital in as much as they want to and can for a star or a guy that you want to pair alongside Halliburton moving forward. Yeah, it makes sense that it's like an OG or a Siakam. Like, that's the move. Of course, you get into convincing them to sign and all of that, uh, both of those guys in either instance. So, but yeah, it's going to take, it would take multiple first round picks for Siakam. I think most people would agree with that. And and probably, yeah, one or two, at least one for OG and, and player to make the contracts work. But that's a, it's a likely move, I guess. That's the question here from Rooster. Waking up <laughs> early to send that one in. Uh, good stuff. All right, next one here from See the Truth 96 by way of YouTube. Yo, 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 no dunkaroo. First time asker here. So a while back, I was surprised to find out that Dominique Wilkins played 27 games for the Orlando Magic in the 98-99 season. As a pretty well-researched basketball historian, this shook me to my core and made me wonder what other obscure basketball history have I missed? My question, when was the time you were shocked by a fact that you thought you were knowledgeable about. Good cue. Tough cue, I thought, to uh, to answer this one. See the Truth 96. What do you have, Trey? Well, along the same lines as uh, See the Truth here, I was just looking at Dale Davis's basketball reference page last night. I don't remember him as a Golden State Warrior, but apparently it happened. Uh, <laughs> so there's one. Uh, but a big answer for me, uh, I was doing some research for a short uh, that's coming out in not too long, and I found out that 2008 is the first year the NBA had five Christmas Day games. Oh, eight. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when I thought they started. But <laughs> right. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, can you guess the leading scorers from every Christmas Day game in 2008? <laughs> I'll tell you the game. Yeah, okay, okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Washington Wizards 93 to 89. LeBron? No. <laughs> no. No. 93 to 89. 90, oh, these, oh, you're going to love these scores. <laughs> oh, my God. Danielle Marshall hit the I threes? mean, uh, no, 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 no. This uh, guy, this guy's a big time scorer. Uh, became a teammate of LeBron, though he did this for the Wizards. Oh, Larry. This game. No, not Larry Hughes. No, 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 no. 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 Antoine Jameson. Uh, Antoine Jameson. Hey, nice. all right, nice. all right. Nice. Nice. I don't know how this game was on. Uh, <laughs> on Christmas Day, the Cavs were twenty-five and four. They had LeBron. That makes sense. Oh wow. The Wizards were four and twenty-three coming into this game, and Gilbert Arenas was out. Like, he had had surgery over the summer. I don't know how had this they, game got scheduled. Had they already had, like, their fun beef, these squads, They though, probably the did in the 07 playoffs. Yeah. So, so you can see that thinking. running that back. Yeah. But you could also give LeBron a better uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> opponent on this one. All right, the Lakers beat the Celtics 92-83. to Leading score. Kobe. Yeah, yeah. nice one. Yeah. Nice one. All right. This goes down as maybe the worst Christmas game I can remember. <laughs> the Orlando Magic beat the New Orleans Hornets 88-68. to 68. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think David West led the Hornets in scoring with 12 points oh, in this oh. game. So, Dwight? Not Dwight. Not he did Dwight. play. He Richard did play. Lewis? Uh-uh. Hito. Hito Turkaloo. Those three. Great game uh, on 2008 Christmas Day. The Spurs beat the Suns 91 to 90. Grant Hill got a layup with four seconds left, and then Roger Mason Jr. Ooh. hit a game winner. Ooh. Who was the leading scorer in that game? Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Hey, and finally, the Mavs beat the Blazers 102 to 94. Who was the leading scorer? Mavs beat the Blazers. That's right. Uh, Dirk. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you have? Uh, 26. 30. Oh, 30. Wow. <laughs> holy moly. Big score on the day. 30 points. Ton. That's a ton. Yeah. Do you have uh, an answer to this one? Some uh, Something you were shocked by a fact that you thought you were sort of knowledgeable about? 
well, I was shocked to learn this recently. Damien Wilkins, who is Dominique's nephew, just, just because you, um, the Dominique was mentioned, Damien's uh, heading basketball at Overtime Elite. He's working for OTE, where all the kids are making dunks. Uh, so I was just surprised by that. <laughs> was that interesting to you? Probably not. Uh, so his dad is Gerald Wilkins, and yeah. his uncle is Dominique. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I stuck to the Raptors that Akeem Olajuwon played for the Houston uh, for played for the Houston Rockets for a long, long time, and then he played. <laughs> you didn't know that <laughs> he played for one year at the end of his career yeah. for the Toronto Raptors, even though he had a three-year contract. He had only played for one because he was 39 after they traded a lot for him. And then he went and attended Houston Rockets games, or at least one game, sat in the front row while he was getting paid <laughs> by the Raptors for his next two years, getting paid five mil. Good for him. Uh, either way, just a shock. It, it's I, I, I looked at the stars as the, the Dominique reference was done to see which guy I was surprised by at the end of his career. I didn't know Dale Davis was a warrior. Uh, I also, you know, a lot of people don't know Akeem. 39. Looking all right. Started like a lot of games for that team. (laughs) Went to the playoffs. Started 37 games for the Raptors in his last year. Uh, I, um, I struggled with this. So I asked Nora this morning. The question. Hey, help me out. (laughs) What what should I say? Here's what she said. And I thought it was funny. (laughs) She said, uh, you know Hugh Grant's full name? I said, I don't. I don't think I was supposed to be knowledgeable about that, but no, I don't. Hugh Grant's full name is Hugh John Mungo Grant. <laughs> now, she said she thought it was just Hugh Mungo Grant, but I looked it up, and there is a John in there. I Hugh wish there wasn't. Mungo? Yeah, that would have been really good. Hugh Mungo Grant. Is he named after his uncle? Uncle Mungo, who sang that song in the summertime. Oh, yeah. The leather is fine. Yeah, no, see, I'm, I'm not that knowledgeable. No idea. Hugh John Mungo Grant. <laughs> is Hugh short for anything? I don't think so. Not. I feel like not when it's spelled H U G H. H U E. Maybe you're getting a Hubert. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. H U G H. Hug H. Hugh Mungo is Grant. Hugh Mungo. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. they wanted Mungo to be his middle name. Mungo must be a family Fra- name. Fra- you would think. Must and, be. But they didn't want him to be called Hugh Mungo, so they had to throw in. What are John, we gonna throw yeah, in? Yeah, John. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Mungo silly. Grant. All right. All right. Next question here, from AK Nugs Life. Which talented young roster would you rather have, OKC or Orlando? It's a tough one, Nug's life. Uh, is yeah, it? Nah. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I like it. It's a fun question. These are both like good, young, talented teams, but I'm I'm quite easily taking the Thunder over the Magic. Their roster right yeah. now, because you're like as you go through it, you're taking SGA over Paolo, ten times out of ten. At this point, you're taking Chet over Franz Wagner. I think a lot of people would. You're taking J Dub over the Magic's next best starter, which is maybe Jalen Suggs starter. And then are you taking super sub Cole Anthony over the subs for the Thunder? Isaiah Joe, Wallace, maybe. But you've skipped over Giddy and Dort in the starting lineup for OKC as well. So I'm going OKC. I think it's just a a better, more talented roster, especially top-end talent. They've got a perfect big three already locked in with Shea, J-Dub, and Chet. Yeah. That's three positions. Yeah. Now you just got to figure out uh, who fits around them, and maybe they're on the roster, maybe they're not. Uh, but, yeah, this is an easy question to me. The bigger question is, if you go back to the 2022 draft, are you taking Paolo or Chet? Mm, right. Ooh. Well. Chet's awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Paolo's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're actually both happy with how it played out because the yeah. Magic need a number one guy. I think Paolo is a number one guy. At the very worst, he's like a 1.5. Um, and I've got a lot of hope for him in the future. Whereas uh, Chet, if he's the number one guy, things definitely look different. He doesn't seem to be a playmaker the way Paolo is, but he's obviously going to be one of the five best defenders on the other side of the ball. So surely OKC already having Shea um, on the team is happier with Chet yeah. than they would be with Paolo. But uh, right. I, mean, I think that's a tough call. Yep. Are you taking Paolo or Chet straight up? I don't know. Yeah, the Magic looking at uh, number one guy, yeah, would be extremely happy with what they did, period. But Chet Holmgren has looked so good recently, offensively. He's doing that spin dance on guys who are trying to guard him on the perimeter. Uh, he's taking them into the lane. 
and just spinning on them and then throwing it down. And obviously, uh, he doesn't have to be the number one guy on that team just because Shea does so much. So he shines in that you know, just that support role, and then he shines defensively as well. He's so good, and that's why it's it, it's not only do you get incredible offense from Shea, Chet, Jalen. These guys are so good defensively, both of them. Chet Holmgren has 71 blocks in 25 games. He's second already in total blocks. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 66 steals in 25 games, number one mm-hmm. uh, defending in, in that category. Shout out to Schlecht who pointed that out. And it's totally true. I, he's already he, Shea's already stood out as a defender. Chet's already doing that. So they're, they're just damn good. So Nug's life. Maybe OKC is not getting enough love from, from everybody out there. I mean, I know we talk about it, but maybe maybe because they, they don't have a Christmas game. Maybe, you know, <laughs> countrywide they're not being talked about enough. But uh, well, they they're gotta, damn they good. they got to get into postseason matchups and start, you know, putting up fights and winning postseason series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're going to get all the attention in the world. But I'm with Trey. I mean, the one, two, three they got right there, I mean, it's like sort of exactly what you would want in today's game at those positions. Uh, sort of check, check, check. All right, next one here from uh, Emmanuel. Looking back at the NBA 75th anniversary team, should Joel Embiid have been included? And if so, which of the new 25 would he replace? Interesting. Interesting question. Sort of just like, caught me by surprise. Came out of left field here. <laughs> Going back to the uh, NBA 75 slash 76 team from a few years ago. Should uh, Embiid have been included? What do you think, TK? I mean, he's second behind Nikola Jokic for me. Yeah. Jokic had two MVPs at the time of the 75th anniversary. I think he is first before Embiid. Yeah. But who are you taking off is the question. Yeah. Two guys? I, yeah. I got Paul Arizon out of there. Yeah. And there's that new, but I got Paul uh, He's not part of the you're new. Gone, you're gone, buddy. <laughs> like, literally, who are you going to take off? Dame Lillard? He's never won an MVP. Right, right, Anthony right, right. Anthony Davis. Mello? Yeah. Kawhi Leonard? Two titles, two finals MVPs, but not a ton of regular season accolades. I mean, all NBA multiple times. Dominique Wilkins, the greatest hawk ever. Gary Payton, the greatest Seattle Supersonic ever. <laughs> like, yeah. it's tough, right? It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough, Emmanuel. I mean, and even like, I was, that's what I sort of looked at it like this. Like, okay, could, could you be pissed and Bede wasn't in there? Yes. Oh, yeah. Who do you take off to replace him with? That's the tough part. But I think there are more, there are guys above Embiid that have even more of a case. A bigger snub, if you want to call it that. Um, you said Jokic. That's a no-brainer. I think he was uh, he was one of only two MVPs in, in history to not make the list. Derrick Rose, the other one. And and he had uh, he had two, for crying out loud. So that was a little weird. I remember Clay Thompson was very pissed he did not make this list. Yes. And I think had a case. If he wasn't injured the seasons prior with the torn ACL and the torn Achilles tendon, if he had been playing... I think he helped his chances of probably getting in here. Um, although still, you start to run out of spots. So him, you mean Luca? I know, you know, super young, but has all NBA selections at the time they did this and all star selections and all that. And then Dwight Howard was the big like, holy crap! This guy was like one of the best centers for a decade. Had uh, three Defensive Player of the Years, eight-time All Star, eight-time All NBA, and he didn't make it. So I mean, I had him be like sort of third, fourth, wherever you want to slot him in terms of being like, ooh, that's a snub. But, man, good luck figuring out who the hell you're scratching. From the new 25? Oh, I couldn't figure it out. At the time when it was made in, in fall of 21, it was the Anthony Davis, I think, that that made a lot of people's like scratch uh, hair curl. Yeah, it was AD, AD and Dame. I think were the two that people were like, yeah. really? Yeah, Jokic only had one MVP at the time, I guess. So there was that, but Maroon, but right. still, nah, uh, yes, yeah, yes, good point. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he was so on the, his way to winning. He, he was on yeah, his way that second. season, and and then when you look back at Anthony Davis's resume, it's freaking damn good. I know he did all that with the Lakers, really, um, but it is so good. So he belongs on it. The question really, it should come down to which oldies. You, you said Paul Ayers in their trade. Those, <laughs> those are the guys that should be off this list. Yeah, not they the didn't newbies. take anybody off it. They didn't. <laughs> I'm taking out Bill Sharman, too. Oh. <laughs> because every time I see his picture on Basketball Reference, I'm like, is that Skeets? <laughs> I look like Bill Sharman? Yeah, you got a Sharman look. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. You can't take him off, then. Yeah, exactly. Oh my it's God, he's a bill. lock. Bill Sharman. Whew. That guy was a bucket, was he? I don't know. Yeah, Bullseye Bill. Hell yeah. Battling Bill? Willie, they called him. At least according to basketball reference. <laughs> guy was so good they made him into toilet paper. Uh, oh, Billy. Yeah, he looks... Yeah, Looking I can like see a it. young skeet. Yes. I can see it, I can see it. But there was a lot of current NBA players that voted 
actual actual NBA players voted for the top 75. So Giannis was asked, uh, who should be on this? And he had to look back and look at Bill Sharman's resume. I mean, they just <laughs> they never watched those guys. No, so it was impossible not. to take them off. Uh, but they voted, yeah, Dame, who is now a 20,000-point scorer. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. They did pretty good. They did pretty good. Yeah. And Anthony Davis, I like the last couple years. Uh, he's playing really well. So... I could understand if his career ended then, you would complain, but he's still only 30 freaking years old, so it's kind of hard to do. Don't worry. Embiid and Jokic and Luka, they're going to make the uh, top 100. I would think so. Now, will it be top 100 or will it be top 101? <laughs> will he add another 25? Because they really botched that, too. Let's wow, not forget yeah. that part. We got 76 <laughs> names on this damn list. It's true. And I'm still convinced about the conspiracy theory that they took Kyrie Irving off of this team and that he was actually going to be on there. We had the webpage and everything. Remember that whole uh, conspiracy? <laughs> Bad timing there for Kyrie. Holy moly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Too many social medias out there. I think I, I start thinking things are conspiracy theory. Like like the Memphis-New Orleans game was scripted yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think so, yeah. You saw the script. It got I leaked. S- I saw the script. Dyson Daniels, don't block John Morant's shot. <laughs> we need that. Uh, yeah, I think that happened. Yeah, right. Anyways, oh, okay. no, I got I got a card for my Whoa. next question. Oh, okay. Here from Slam Piece 38 Favorite Christmas drink? What do you got? Hot toddy, hot chocolate, eggnog, or something else? Right, Slam Piece 38. What do you got in your card? This is not from Slam Piece 38. This is from a fan of ours, Mark G. (gasps) Oh, yes. Yeah, he uh, sent in a recipe for an eggnog that I made last year, (laughs) and I'm so excited to give it a second try uh, this fall. Because last year I made it a little... A little too hot. The eggs were too hot. I was wondering if I was cooking the eggs, if I was cooking liquid eggs, uh, because they because they just got too hot in the in the pan. Uh, so that's your answer, obviously. Oh Egg God, milk. yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. So it's gonna be even better this year. Shout out to Mark G. Trey, JD, do you have a favorite Christmas drink? Nah. <laughs> I don't have a favorite, but no? uh, the only time I'll order a flavored drink from a coffee shop is when they got peppermint in it. Okay. Uh, I do mm. love a peppermint mocha. <laughs> yeah. Grown-ups hot chocolate. Mm. A wired hot chocolate, if you will. For sure, yeah. JD, that's, are you a hot toddy guy? No. No? No. Okay. Guinness tastes better at Christmas for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe the sparkling lights, maybe the Christmas music. I don't know. Oh. But you know, I drink Guinness year-round, so but it's just extra special. It's nice. At Christmas time. Such a yeah. meal, too. Well, I would argue that it's lighter than actual beer, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, sure. <laughs> it's creamy and, and delicious, yes. and that's what you want on Christmas. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to add another drink here to the mix. I don't mind these, uh, these sort of holiday old fashions Ooh. that people are whipping together. There's two varieties I've come across. There's Go like on. sort of uh, the fall-spiced version. Of yeah, the old like a pumpkin spice. Yeah, like yeah. the bourbon with the cinnamon and the cloves, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the maple syrup, the nutmeg, whatever. Yeah. And then there's more of a Christmas, I'd say, old fashioned, which is like your rye whiskey with your the simple syrup of like more cranberry oh. and like orange, Ooh, like those flavors. Cranberry. Yeah, yeah. They're both pretty damn tasty. You get your syrup right. You get your simple syrup right. Yeah. Infused correctly, you can make a really good old. So fashioned. cranberry and orange. There's usually some orange, like the yeah. orange yep. peel or yeah, whatever, yeah. but. Yeah. But the cinnamon stick in those, either of those, whew, yeah. we want to talk about the holidays. Let's talk about it. We just <laughs> yeah, did. Let's, let's do it. We just did. Thank you, Slam Peace. <laughs> all right. Great questions, guys. Keep them coming uh, all throughout the uh, holidays. You never know when we're going to hit the beach again. we got to take one more break. When we come back, Tess has Tweet of the Night. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, just excuse me here. I wanted to drop our P.O. Box address into the uh, stream team here. People wanted uh, the address. Oh, somebody already sure. did it. <laughs> Look at that. Don't I was just worry. about to do it. Um, people wanted to send in drink recipes. Captain Jazz. Captain Jazz wants to send in a uh, drink recipe. Yeah. And yes, our P.O. box office is on Spalding Drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. we we filmed the show on a Wilson. That's right. Drive. That's right. <laughs> we love basketball. I don't want to reveal the entire, no, no, the entire no, no, thing. No, no, no. You don't no. want to tell them where the classic people factory breaking is. Breaking in here and recording their own podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're the only ones making classics in this factory. Sending in recipes, though. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, it's an oldie. Didn't go from last night. I, I, I scoured. <laughs> I scoured the tweets. Did you? I scoured the X's. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I did. Wow. There just weren't many good ones. What? Or maybe it's my feed. Maybe the for you isn't as good as the following. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them just weren't good. Uh, it, it's a playoff, an old tweet that we had off Nick Bocelli, who made uh, some of our cards Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. And now he's made a second version. <laughs> Thank you, Nick Buccelli, for uh, for upgrading. Back by popular demand, as you say. One of us on each of a sports card. And we change it up. Uh, Skeets is uh, Baltimore Oriole. Yep. Uh, Billy Ripken. Billy. I thought Billy was not as big as that. He looks oh, yeah. ripped. No, he that's me. Big. That's my body. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got an old Raptor t-shirt. Yeah. Shirt. And, uh, yeah, trip. yours looks like a draft portrait. I feel like you would just want number one in the draft, but you're putting it for your thumb. Instead of doing number one with his finger, <laughs> he's number one. one. Thumb. Uh, mine also looks Photoshopped because it doesn't look like my neck should bend that way. I but know. It, that but photo makes not. me laugh every time. It is a weird one. Uh, Trey's got his taco Bulls jersey on. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like the uh, the position you're in. <laughs> Thanks, man. Taking I, a knee. That looks like a card. Shout out to K's Werb. Sent those over <laughs> yeah. many moons ago. Uh, kept the Apple Watch on. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a court, taking a knee. It does look like a. You got drafted in. And JD with his. Uh, was that your haircut? As a fresh cut fresh over cut. at the clubhouse no, barbershop. Was it? You won the Masters. Oh, that, well, that too. I had my fresh cut and I won the Masters that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's Number great. one draft lottery pick. They got to make golf carts. <laughs> Not sure if they look like that, but yours looks cool, man. Golf mm-hmm. carts? Golf carts. They oh. make golf carts and golf carts, yes. <laughs> I saw a Tiger's uh, son had a big chip in. What's his name again? He's got a cool name. Uh, oh, he does have a cool name. I think it's Mungo. <laughs> <laughs> Mungo Woods. Is it Cub? Uh, what's his name? What's his, also this his, guy's name? I what think his name? daughter is also Charlie. really good. Charlie! Charlie. That's, that's just a cool name. It's an easy name. <laughs> Should have cool remembered name, that one. man. Charlie Chuck Woods. Wood. Chuck Wood. Chuck Wood. <laughs> <laughs> How much wood could a wood Chuck Wood? <laughs> anyway, you had a cool shot I saw. Dad was pumped. Once again, speaking to the idea of like, Tiger Woods is going to be more excited for potential success from either of his children in, in athletic achievements than he was of his own. Yeah, a lot of people I saw were uh, tweeting us as well. Jermaine O'Neal's daughter yeah. was apparently like a great volleyball player, and I think they just won the national championship. They did. In, uh, they beat Nebraska. Volleyball. Oh, yep. Nebraska, and they're like a dynasty, uh, aren't they? That's right. Texas won, though. I can't believe I know so much about women's <laughs> college volleyball right now, but apparently there's a bunch of like daughters of former NBA yep. players uh, who are now <laughs> dominating college volleyball, which kind of makes sense. It's so funny you said that. I, I was watching it. I know it happened a couple nights ago, uh, maybe on the weekend, but uh, they were replaying it, replaying it yesterday before the games came on. I was watching a little bit. I forgot how awesome volleyball is to watch, man. It's awesome. It's so good, man. When they get the rallies going, the just like the dives and oh, stuff. Yeah. So good. And I did see Jermaine O'Neal's daughter. 
Yeah, what else? They're all tall and athletic. University of Wisconsin, I think, has two daughters, and one of them is Mike Schmreck. His daughter plays. I forget who the other one was. Is Chase Buttinger still playing a (laughs) beach beach volleyball? Yeah, Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the Olympics. I don't know. But court volleyball, better than beach volleyball. It's just more happening. Yeah. I mean, I like both. I like both, but I do love the action of uh, indoor volleyball. Yeah. Better cheers. Oh, man. They cheer. They cheer after. Every, you know, whatever you call it, possession. Win or lose the point, team comes together. Right. To, 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 to dap it up. Let's talk it out. Let's go. Here we go. Well, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Imagine we did that in basketball. <laughs> every score. Every <laughs> we, go, like, go, All right, oh. we can do better. Let's go. Oh, yeah, cool claps. <laughs> yeah. Calvin Booth's daughter. The other daughter. Oh. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of these women are quite tall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very athletic, can jump super high. You mm-hmm. want those skills in, ba- in uh, volleyball? Wow, Mike Schmreck's daughter is six foot nine. Anna and Car- six foot nine. And Car- Calvin Booth's daughter Carter is six foot seven. Tallest players in the 2023 NCAA volleyball summer. That's tall. That's a tall. That's a tall <laughs> spiker. Wow. Maybe a middle hitter, blocker. What positions are there? Libero. <laughs> Libero. I only know the setter. <laughs> they're, like, they're the uh, tiny ones yeah like Chris Paul's daughter's gonna grow up to be a setter or something like that Could be. eventually yeah alright uh, that's it for us fun tweet there from Tassie fun show think it was a classic you tell us leave us a five star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you download and listen to us and uh, hit the like button subscribe here on YouTube we really appreciate it as we get to 100,000 subs tell your friends about the show uh, we're back tomorrow Tassie's off to the great white north to get some snow for everybody down here in Atlanta so you have fun Thank you, thank Have you, thank a great you. Christmas break with you and your family and say hi to all our friends and family up there. Uh, but TK and I will be here with JD tomorrow. And then on Friday, we got that squad episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Clipper Not Bro that. won't be Not on that. it. <laughs> but we will be drafting the worst Christmas ever, guys, when it comes to movies and decorations and and uh, songs. It's, it's pretty fun. Uh, we had a blast doing this one with Jerome. So that's on Friday. But we'll be here tomorrow with the Drop Podcast. So we'll see you then. Enjoy the games tonight. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, a former colleague who also played volleyball, who's a daughter of an NBA player, Morgan Mitchell. Sam Mitchell's daughter played D1 and coached D1. This is a huge list. We need to make this. Do you want to make this a short? Yep. we got to rank That'd be cool. Interesting, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, with the highlights? Jerome, start pulling volleyball highlights. (laughs) Race today, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.